TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. To left field. To the wall is Jimenez. Tiger! Number 33 for Cruz. Number Courtesy of Fox Sports North, it is the Score North first place twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes where the magic number is now, let me make sure I got this right, 32, and we are live from the Bombasota State Fair, Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore, Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass, and the uh, the sweep was completed last night, guys, at the hands of the Mets, the Indians go down for the third straight time, like I said, shrinking that magic number down to 32. At are you are you intently scoreboard watching at this point? I, I am, but I wasn't watching the game, I'll be honest. And in part because it was weather delayed. So Twice. I don't want to get into this with Rami Makhlouf sitting why not, right though? here directly in our but vicinity. But why not? But there is uh, an element of the sweep was completed with the help of the weather, too. we got to say that. Wasn't there a game last night that started at 10.55 p.m. local time? That game restarted at uh, pretty late. Too. Were, you, were you tracking the Indians game, Danny? I didn't watch it last night. I was I was busy writing. Yeah. I put out a 3,000-word article today <laughs> that I was working on until midnight last night. So yeah, I, But I, what else did you do yesterday? Exactly. Um, I spent all day <laughs> well, at the fair and then Tell wrote, people what it was about. Don't, if you're going to uh, plug, plug, so man. This isn't, right. this isn't twins-related, but today's the five-year anniversary of the Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins swap. So I put out a giant what-if article. What if the, the Cavs would have traded something else for Love? What if, they would, what if the Wolves would have traded Kevin Love to Golden State? It, just, it really goes over every single what-if involving the Wolves and that time period and that trade. Speaking of plugging, I'm remiss in not mentioning that uh, Trevor May and Tyler Duffy will be out here at our booth at the Minnesota State Fair at 1235. So if you're at the fair, on your way to the fair, and want to see a couple of twins live and in living color, they will be joining us at our booth at 1235 here on the Score North First Place Twins Show and up on our TCL TVs that we have out here, the Bomba Counter. If you are... At the fair, headed to the fair, or live within driving distance of the fair that you can get here before 1235, we will have those guys Let, live on let's stage. Let's be honest. If you live within driving distance, you're not making it here until 2 because parking is enough. <laughs> take a shuttle. Take a shuttle. Uh, it is. Uh, the Bomba counter is new here at the TCL TV on the Bomba Soda stage, and that's cool. Um, we're also getting close to, I can't. I can't tease the details yet, but we are getting close to finalizing a contest for guessing the record-breaking Bomba, and you're going to want to stay tuned if you're a listener of the Score North Twin Show. Oh, yeah, I heard about this last I, night. I think you'll be very interested in hearing the details of the competition. I didn't once know we're ready we had uh, those kinds of resources for contesting. Uh, I'm just all, disappointed I'll say. I'm not eligible to win. That's, that's all, all I'll, I'll say. say. I didn't know we had those kind of resources for contesting. Can I let you guys behind the curtain a little bit? Sure. Uh, just As long as it's just the three of us and Manny here on and stage. And all these fine folks watching us out at the Minnesota <laughs> yeah, State Fair. As yeah. long as these are the only people that can hear so this. This is just between us. We all right? have, yeah, just between us. If you would. Shh, right. There's a staffer at Score North who threatened to temporarily quit so that he could enter this contest <laughs> and then reapply for his job back if he doesn't win. I can't believe Seth would do that. <laughs> Not going to confirm or deny. I'm just saying. Somebody was it. excited about Seth, jumping in I can't believe on this competition. It's going to be that fun. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But back to our conversation about scoreboard watching. None of us were actually watching the game last night because, like you said, it was... Played very late into the night because of rain delays because they didn't hashtag put a roof on it. Um, but I do. I'm I'm on Twitter late at night and and looking yeah, and looking for that Indians and looking for that Indians <laughs> final. I don't know about you guys. You know what but I, I saw late last night? What's that? I was scrolling through my feed and and I follow a bunch of Twins fans just kind of keep thumb on the pulse as best I can. So it's not just people tweeting me. And last night I kept seeing Twins fans saying like. Anytime now, Mother Nature. Anytime. <laughs> you guys can just call this thing right now. It'll be fine. In fact, uh, Noah Syndergaard went back, I think, into the clubhouse during the game, during one of the intermissions, and said, all right, all right already. Let's just call this thing. We're not starting this again. <laughs> there were Indians fans that I follow that felt the same way, despite it being a <laughs> just loss. End it. Just like, just let, us, let the Indians just be done with the city of New York. It's funny because it's a, it's a good team there in New York, but those are I think those two teams represent 
two of the hotter teams in baseball, even mm-hmm. if I think Cleveland's probably starting to get their due on a national stage. But, Danny, you can back me up on this. It was a long time before Cleveland started to get its due for how well that team has played since the beginning of June and closing that gap with the Twins. I do think they finally started to get their recognition, and the Mets certainly playing like one of the best teams in baseball too lately. Do we owe the New York Mets an apology? On some level, yes. For what? I picked them to go to the playoffs. I did. And okay, then, maybe not you in particular. And but then I spent three months making fun of myself and apologizing for <laughs> picking the Mets to go to the playoffs. <laughs> so you owe yourself an apology I, for I, not believing in you I sold myself and your short. prediction. Uh, but on, on, on some level, yes, I still don't think the Mets will make the playoffs. Uh, the dysfunction in that organization was very real, so I don't think we owe them an apology for that. Uh, they're a better team than we probably thought they were, but still not a great team. It's just a hot team right now. The one thing I will say, though, is when the Mets came into Target Field and swept the Twins and everybody lost their damn minds yeah. and goes, how do you get swept by the Mets of all teams? That was the start of, of what we're seeing now for the Mets, which is the hottest team in baseball for a three- or four-week stretch. So it's not as embarrassing and shouldn't feel as bad as it did back then. We were talking a lot about bad losses and good losses on, on yesterday's show. The second game of that series should still be should embarrassing. Still feel yeah, really it should still not, feel kind of bad. Not the fact bad. that you lost it, but the way that it got out of hand and Eddie Rosario dropping a routine fly ball and everything they, snowballing there. Stinks. That one should still feel really bad. The first one, okay, you lost the game to a team that was starting to get hot. But the second one, that no matter who you were playing against, that was an embarrassment. Prob- yeah, I can't, I can't even argue with that. You're right. But the bottom line is, you just got that back. Like, no matter what you think of the Mets, you just got that three-game sweep back by them doing the same thing to the Cleveland Indians. Because that's what you're worried about right now. You're head-to-head with the, your actual head-to-head games with the Indians and what you do in comparison and head-to-head with the Indians with these games that you have left. That, that series sweep to the Mets a few weeks ago is sort of nullified now. Am I, am I exaggerating in saying that? Yeah, but I get where you're going with it, like that it's now equal by the hand of the Mets, but I still think it's a little uh, unsettling. If I'm the Twins, it's unsettling that you got the Mets hot. I mean, that's, take that for whatever it's worth. A cliche in baseball, guy's struggling, he gets a home run off you. It feels bad, and it feels worse if he then goes becomes a hot hitter. Like, you got him hot, right? Mm-hmm, sure. The Twins kind of did that to the Mets a little, a little bit, bit with that two-game sweep at Target Field. So I wouldn't say that it's even necessarily, but I do think that you're saying, hey, thanks, Thor, thanks, Mets, thanks, Weather, for helping knock Cleveland down a peg after they'd been just charging, charging, charging. And I'm still, even after Cleveland getting swept by the Mets, I'm still in the same place I've been for the last three or four weeks, which is this division is going to be decided by the winner of the head-to-head remaining six. I said that before the four-game series here where Cleveland came in and took three out of four. If the Indians win five out of the last six, I think they're going to win the division. Because you can say what you want about the schedule, but Cleveland's schedule isn't that tough now. They're, They're difficult games. They've got those six games with the Twins. They have six against some NL East teams. I think Philadelphia and Washington, who are okay ball clubs, not nearly as hot as the Mets are right now. And they've got Tampa Bay, and then the, it's AL Central Cupcakes, just like the Twins on top of that. So I, the schedule's not that much tougher for Cleveland. And if Cleveland takes care of business against the Twins, I think they'll be able to take the division still. I try to stay a big picture guy, and yes, those That's games. Big pictures it gets. Not really though, because those games they they carry more weight. Yeah, because everyone is basically worth two in the standings. You're either going to gain one or lose one. There is no standing pat when you play against the Indians in the standings, but. At the same time, I'm going to keep going back to this. With 44 games left, this thing was tied up. They were neck and neck, atop the fir- atop atop for first place in the AL Central. And we all said, win two out of every three, you're going to end up with around 100 wins, and that's good enough to win a division. I think that's true. Whether that that math adds up in in the Cleveland series or whether you get those wins elsewhere, you just got to get those wins, and you should end up with a better record than the Cleveland. If you end up with 98 to 100 wins, you should end up with a better record than the Indians, regardless of what happens in head-to-head. You want to win those games. I'm not saying you don't. They carry more weight. I'm not saying they don't. But in the big picture, get, get to the ultimate goal, which is 100 wins or somewhere in that, in that neighborhood, and everything else should take care of itself. It should shake itself out, and we're seeing that now. The Indians weren't going to stay that hot. I kept saying that, and I, I know some people believe me. Some people didn't, but we've seen them cool off. And they, they, bottom line is, they have a tougher schedule than, than the Twins. And 
somewhat significantly tougher than than what the Twins have down the stretch here. I don't know where they're at now, but those bottom feeders in the AL Central before the White Sox series, they they were say they said that the Twins had 26 games left against the White Sox, Tigers, and Royals. The Indians had 16. Mm-hmm. That's a significant difference. That's 10 more games that you're going to get against the Patsies of the division and some of the worst teams in the American League, period. If here's, here's, you take care of business. Yeah, which, here's which the they just didn't do. Now yeah. it's at right. seven. You just no, lost right. two out of three to and the And you Sox. lost two out of three, and you only have seven You're going to have to take care of business somewhere. You'd like to do it against the Indians, but you're going to have to do it somewhere. They haven't done it against the White Sox so far. You're right about that, losing two of three. That's not going to get the job done. But I'm just saying, win two out of three down the stretch here, in the overall, when you do the big math, and you're going to end up around 100 wins, and that should get the job done. The Twins have uh, 35 games left. They're 77-50. Uh, 23 and 12. The rest of the way will get them to 100 wins. That's a pretty good record, 23 and 12. That's especially for what this team's been the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. They haven't been a team that you expect to go 23 and 12. But you have 23 across that type of stretch. You have 23 games left against. The Indians, White Sox, and Tigers. And or, excuse me, the Royals, White Sox, and Tigers. I bet they won't go 23 no there. No? You don't think so? No. <laughs> pretty, I don't know. I'm what pretty, kind of odds are you going to give me? I, I'm pretty confident <laughs> they won't. I'm pretty confident they won't go 23 0 against the, the Royals, Tigers, and White Sox. A million to one odds, you take the bet no matter what. Thank you, Kevin Malone. <laughs> uh, I, I would say that one big X factor for the Twins winning, that's the record that Manny just read off 23 and 12. That's like 660 baseball. Rami's been talking about win two out of every three the rest of the way here. That's a tall task. It's, it's really challenging mm-hmm. to do. One X factor for potentially being able to do that for a team that, as Danny correctly points out, hasn't been a 660 ball club in two months. Mm-hmm. One X factor might be Byron Buxton returning to the lineup, playing out in center field. He makes the pitching staff better. He makes, obviously, center field better. We talk about this all the time. He also makes right field better because Max Kepler gets to go back there. He makes left field better because Rosario doesn't have to cover as much in center field. He probably makes the infielders better, not having to go chase those shallow pops. And he obviously makes the pitching staff better. If he adds anything with his bat, awesome. That's great. He was earlier this year before he got hurt. But I don't see the Twins winning two out of every three without Byron Buxton flip side of that coin if he comes back they're one of the deepest lineups in all of baseball and now their fielding takes a step forward i could see them pulling that off let me ask you this because we might have i i agree with you that he certainly does make them better in every way that you just put but how confident are you that he's going to be on the field the rest of the season because my confidence level there is (laughs) what's the ranking none from from the roof to the ceiling here on the stage at the state fair i think that the Twins and Twins fans should be terrified he's going to get hurt again with that shoulder. This is what, Danny? Would you say it's a seven-and-a-half-foot ceiling? Maybe it's an eight-foot A little foot bit ceiling? higher, eight-foot probably. I, if I'm reaching up on my tippy-toes, I can touch the ceiling. If that's the scale of the floor is not confident at all to my fingertips are as confident as you can be, yeah, you're palming yeah, it. That's no, great. That's probably seven-and-a-half. <laughs> okay, see there. <laughs> it's just to scale, it was off because I was yeah, standing in it. Yeah, I was sitting it. down. Uh, my confidence is at about my knees. You that, mean, it's, that he's going to come back. You mean and, that he's going to come back at all or that he'll no, come that back and be able to stay, stay on the field? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, that's, I think he plays again. Absolutely. I think he plays. I don't think he finishes the season. I think he's going to re-injure that shoulder it's diving for a fly ball. I don't know if it's the shoulder. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. I with think Byron it's going Buxton. to be the shoulder. I think that he's going to okay. dive for a fly ball and dislocate his shoulder. Can you bring him back and say, no diving, stay on your feet, <laughs> just catch it right here or and don't no catch running it. into walls. You can say it. You can say it all you want. But is he going to listen? Probably not. Time and time again, time and time again, we've been taught Byron Buxton's going to play with no regard for his body. And that's the reason he's been on the IL three times this year, and that's the reason I have no confidence. And I'm sure the Twins are going to be like, "We need you to be careful. We need you to be on the field." I'm also sure Byron Buxton won't listen. I think that we're being a little naive if we do say now the Twins need to tell him to be cautious with his body. I think I'm just guessing. But I would be shocked if the Twins haven't sat this guy down before and had a heart-to-heart about, hey, let's protect our body, let's make sure we're available, not necessarily every day, because rest and recovery, baby, but most every day we're ready to write your name in the lineup in center field because you're that important to us. I think they've had that conversation at least once, and to Danny's point, here we are. And and Derek, if they haven't, they're being negligent. Yeah, I I, I think they have. I'm with you. I think right. that they have, but they, if they haven't done that, that's negligence on their part. 
he's that important. You have to protect that asset. And I, like, not to compare him by any means to a guy like Mike Trout, but if Mike Trout played center field half as hard as Byron Buxton, he'd be a center, a better center fielder. Mm-hmm. Byron Buxton is way better in center field than is Mike Trout, and that's great. It's a benefit to the Twins when Buxton's on the field. The flip side of that coin, guys, is Mike Trout's not going to miss six weeks because he ran into a wall really hard. But he could be better than Mike Trout as a defender without running into walls and popping his shoulder yeah, out of socket. Yeah, but this is nature-nurture. You're talking, like, can you create that thought in somebody without really, really taking away what it is that he does? I mean, if can I'm you- Byron Buxton, I think I see my value to this team as being a do-everything platinum glover. I might do the opposite of what Bobby Cox once did to Andrew Jones when he pulled him off the field for not running after a fly ball. <laughs> I might pull Byron Buxton right off the field if he dives for a fly ball. Hey, man, they're trying, trying too hard. Too hard. Uh, you're getting well, benched for trying too hard. He has been accused of that in you, the past. You're not going to pull him off the field for that. You're going to need a trainer to come out there with you because he's going to get hurt after he does it. <laughs> I mean, that's not even Danny being a hater. That's just no, true. That's, that's, that's what we've that, seen. That's coming from someone who had the same injury, dove for a fly ball, and dislocated his shoulder. I yeah. know how this works. Okay. Which shoulder was it for you? My left one. Throwing, non-throwing. No, it was my non-throwing shoulder. I, I dove for a fly ball after having a, a subluxation like Byron Buxton Well, had. you stayed in the game then, right? It was your non-throwing. No, I had surgery. It was your non-throwing <laughs> shoulder, dude. It was out of place. I thought you were a football player. I couldn't. That's actually how I heard it originally. <laughs> he, you asked, did he stay in the game? And he said, no, I had surgery. How are those two things yeah, mutually exactly. exclusive? Yeah, Surgery happened after the game, yeah. I'm assuming. It, yeah, it was you also have toughness. I had, I had toughness. Nine innings, mental toughness. I had Plenty of tough times. That was a, by the booth. That was a, a senior year of high school. I have already signed my scholarship papers. I want to try and play football. I'm done playing baseball. There you go. There you go. And then, and then to my credit, to make myself sound tougher, I did dislocate it like five times in college and played through that. Played through. Okay. I, right. And then dislocated the other one and played through I'll that. give you that. I don't think we talked yesterday with Eno Saris of The Athletic, who's, a, I mean, a great writer, does some deep dives and, and things that I haven't heard of. I learn about them from Eno, mm-hmm. and then I go try and, like, learn about them on my own. Like minus minus pelvis? That, that was one of the things that a kinetic chain jacket. I think he was familiar jacket, with one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but, but not the jacket that measures it. He is talking about yesterday kinetic chain stuff and teams that get the ball in the air more and how the Twins are one of the best teams in baseball at doing that consistently hard contact damage in the air. It was, it was a great, fascinating conversation with Eno, but one of the things that came from it for me was he, as a, as a national, I mean, doesn't he follows the Twins really closely because he covers baseball for a living, but he's not like living and dying by Twins box scores and, you know, going to 60 games at Target Field and talking about the Twins six days a week on the radio. He's seeing this from a full MLB-wide right. yeah. perspective. And I asked him flat out, do you think that the Twins are contenders for the World Series in, in the American League? Could they represent the AL in the World Series? And he didn't hesitate, right, to say, yes, this, this team is contenders. They're like the young Cubs a few years ago. Uh, he compared them with the Oakland A's, too. I, maybe you invited the comparison, yeah. Rami. But just that we think about this team and we see some of its warts and things like that, he looks at this team and said, yeah, it's it's legitimately one of the best teams in the American League, could go to the World Series. So I'm just having a hard time threading that needle because it's tough for us here on this stage to see that kind of run happening I without think, a healthy and available Byron Buxton. I think being in the bubble can make you overly optimistic and overly loyal and can have the opposite effect of making you overly pessimistic. Like when we talk about bullpens and Trevor May and Tyler Duffy – are going to be out here at our booth at the State Fair at 1235 if you want to come on out and say hi to those guys. It look it always looks real bad when your bullpen does the things that the Twins' bullpen has done for stretches this season. When you lose games late, it never feels good. But when you step back and look at it from a national perspective, big-picture perspective, and you look around baseball, the Twins, and, you know, this is another thing he said yesterday, actually have a bullpen that's better built and better equipped for October than most teams. Probably not better than the Indians. They're one of the few teams that has a potent bullpen, although Brad Hand is 
in the middle of a meltdown right now. We'll see if he can correct himself. If he doesn't, then I don't even know if the Indians are better equipped in their bullpen I, I than think, what the Twins have right now. I do think he'll figure it out, and I also think Cleveland's going to add another weapon into that bullpen in right. the form of Carlos Carrasco, That'll who help. Right. pitched again last night on a rehab assignment. I think he'll be back probably September 1st. I would guess he's back with the big league club when they can expand their roster. So I think that Cleveland's bullpen is still better. Even with Brad Hand not pitching well right now, the rest of the bullpen, outside of like one other guy, has been really good lately. And you're going to add a guy that a lot of people pegged as a Cy Young candidate heading into this year. Right. Into that bullpen. So I would still certainly give Cleveland yeah, the edge definitely. there, even with Brad Hand's struggles over the last two, two and a half to three weeks. Cleveland is the, My point is, though, Cleveland is the exception to the rule of actually having a good bullpen. Because bullpens across Major League Baseball, relative to past bullpens and, and the statistics and, and data that we've collected on them, are kind of a dumpster fire in a lot of ways. <laughs> and on top of that, bullpens are pitching more innings nowadays than they ever have. So they're going to give up more runs, and those runs are going to come in the second half, the latter part of baseball games, because that's when bullpens are in there. And that so, r- Offenses aren't going to stop scoring runs. So the more bullpens are pitching, the more often they're going to give up those costly runs that hurt more and, have a, and put a magnifying glass on those guys, but in the big picture, Twins bullpen is actually okay. I I will say this: it, it is actually okay, but it's also the worst bullpen of any of the teams competing for AL playoff spots. The Indians have the best bullpen ERA in baseball. The Rays have the second best. The Astros have the third best. The Yankees are ahead of the Twins. The A's are ahead of the Yankees and the Twins. So of the the six teams competing for an AL playoff spot, the Twins are sixth in bullpen. They're, they have the worst bullpen in the AL But that doesn't picture. necessarily show the weight of Sergio Romo and Sam Dyson. Because those, are those guys haven't exactly been good either. Mm, Sergio Romo's, Romo's been, been, pretty pretty been solid. He's had a couple of rough, rough outings. And Sam Dyson, since Dyson the IL has been solid. I'll ride or die with those guys. Yeah, they've been fine. I think it depends how you measure it, Danny, because to, to Rami's point here, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, slap me on both sides of my face if I what will. I'm saying is incorrect. I will. Everyone hates their bullpen. Yes. <laughs> like every fan On base. Some level, Cubs yes. fans hate their bullpen. Hate Indians em. fans love their bullpen right now. That's fine. I'm just a little mad at Brad Hand. There but other go. than that, we're <laughs> good. Perfect. It perfectly encapsulates my point. The best bullpen in baseball, by some measurements, is mad at a portion of its bullpen. Just one guy. I'm this. happy with Nick Goody. He's been awesome. That's true. And uh, Make him the closer. That could work. I th- yeah, more like Nick Grady. <laughs> Not Nick Goody. It's Nick Grady. Nick yeah. Awesomey. He's been terrific. <sighs> Nick Excellenty. Yeah, I, Matthew Collar might appreciate that more than Rami did, Danny. I was going to say, save that for Collar. He'll be here joke. for Score North Live that at 1 o'clock. A, that, that was an A-plus pun. solid. Thank you. I think it depends how you measure it, because Fangraphs wrote this piece uh, yes, a couple days ago, two, three days ago, talking about exactly what Danny is here, the, the competitiveness of bullpens. But like I just said, like everybody hates their bullpen. Everybody wishes they did more to upgrade their bullpen at the trade deadline, including the New York Yankees. I think especially including the New York Yankees. I don't love – guys, this is about to get uh, nerdy stats dive, wins above replacement. I don't love wins above replacement for measuring bullpens. I just don't think it does a great job of capturing the actual value of mm-hmm. how good is a guy. And if A. Ray Adrianza gives up – 39 runs in a third of an inning, that like that can hurt your war. Yeah, You think bit. that really makes your bullpen any worse? No, not for a second. <laughs> so I don't love it as a measure of competence, but in this Fangraphs article on the bullpens, it talked about some of these contenders that Danny's mentioning. And by wins above replacement, the New York Yankees actually have the best bullpen in baseball right now. It's I was shocked to see that, but here's the ranking. New York Yankees won with a little more than six wins. Tampa Bay Rays, two, about six wins. I don't think the Rays would surprise you too much. No. Then tied for third are Cleveland and Minnesota. Wins above replacement of around eh, a little bit less than five wins above replacement this season. Like I said, it's not a perfect measurement, but it's interesting. How much does Tampa using the opener as often as they do skew that stat? Because I, I'm with you that I don't think that wins above replacement does capture bullpens in, in the correct way. There's really a difficult way to to put into pers- perspective, perspective how good bullpens can be. And I'm with you that wins above replacements, probably not the best way. But how much does, does Tampa using the opener if, as often as they do, just because they are more creative and they don't have that starting pitching staff, yeah. affect things? It does affect it because it'll bring your wins above replacement down, but it 
like because you just don't have the bulk of innings. If if you pitch a good inning, that's good for your WAR. If you pitch no innings, you know what I mean. It mm-hmm. can't move the needle in either direction. So to your question though, they do have one of the best ERAs, and last I checked, this was two weeks ago, uh, one of the best total bullpen weighted on base average allowed. Tampa Bay Ray is an excellent bullpen, but they don't log the number of innings that some of the other best teams do. The Cleveland Indians, the the Yankees. I think even the Astros were way up there in innings, even though they're not considered one of the best bullpens. But it does change the math on this, and I almost I almost just always think about putting an asterisk <laughs> by the Rays when we're talking about bullpen rankings, and starter rankings for that matter, too. Do you guys want the other uh, nerdy number that Fangraphs threw out? Yes. I thought you might. Uh, fielding independent pitching, which I don't use that often, but it's basically trying to give you an ERA-like number without punishing you for, for bad defense and things like that. Fielding independent pitching leaders for bullpens in the American League, Tampa Bay Rays, number one, Cleveland Indians, number two, and then it goes Red Sox, Astros, A's, Twins. So not the best, not the top of the pile, but, you know, Middle of the pack at worst, and an upper-tier team at best, if you're being optimistic about it, like you said, Rami, including Sam Dyson and Sergio Romo in that math. Maybe you move somebody into the pen for a stretch runner October that changes the math, too. I'm just... I think that the context is the Twins aren't the best bullpen in baseball history, but they're certainly not the worst, not even this year. I, I think that to move somebody into the pen to change the math, you have to have somebody good to do that. The Twins are struggling to find good enough starters to have a, a strong playoff rotation. You have to have a wealth of that to try and have a, a to add something to the bullpen. Like putting Martin Perez into the bullpen for the playoffs doesn't strengthen that equation for me. It weakens the bullpen, in my opinion. Or a prospect with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He worries me, too. Fill up the strike zone. He worries me, too, because he just... Bruce Argraterol worries you? He doesn't strike out the the amount of guys. No. Oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. He worries the Indians, too. (laughs) Tito's terrified of Bruce Argraterol. For a guy that that throws 102, 103, whatever he gets up to, however hot those guns are at AA, AAA parks... Probably a couple couple miles hot. Yeah, I I think we can say that in most AAA parks or AA parks, that those guns tend to skew... A little hotter than at Target Field, at Comerica Park, whatever X ballpark you want to name in the big leagues, is he's not striking out the amount of guys in the minor leagues that he probably should be with that type of stuff. His K to nine innings is right around nine, striking out one batter per inning. That's fair. If you're facing Double A and Triple A hitters, it should be higher than that. If you are that good, I don't think that that's going to adjust all that well. Because while those guys might be making contact and might be not necessarily doing much with it, when you go up that much of a higher level with hitting, and especially in the postseason facing the lineups of the Astros of the Yankees, if you're not striking yeah. out guys in Double A and Triple A, what are those guys going to do to you? That would be my concern with him: is that he's not his sure. stuff might be good, but he doesn't have it down good enough where he's dominating those guys. And if your stuff's that good and you're not dominant that should be a cause for concern i do think and not to say that it's ever easier at the big league level than it is at the minor league i think level most would say it never is right easier at the big league <laughs> but level. I, I do think that unless you're going up against the miami marlins that's a, okay, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. or the tigers yeah 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 oh but, hey fun series coming up this weekend then for the twins <laughs> it should be a i don't one. think the tigers could win the uh, the ongoing little league world series wow <laughs> they're that bad that's and I, I, I posed this question a couple weeks ago who would win in a best of seven the tigers or the orioles because we Ooh. would all lose, but who would actually win? Oh, man. Um, uh, I wouldn't see the end of it. I wouldn't see <laughs> the start the box of it. Score. <laughs> I wouldn't that watch any of seven. it. <laughs> I, it would be seven long, painful, miserable games. Don't you have to go uh, if, if uh, everybody's healthy for Detroit, that they have enough pitchers to get it done? I mean, we're splitting hairs at they've this got, point. Be, they've got better starters. Yeah. They, they, how, many, how many times can you just throw boy down the mound? By the way, as as we're having this conversation, this gentleman in the Tigers hat came up to our uh, broadcast. He thinks the Tigers would take the Orioles. Tigers or Orioles in a seven-game series, sir? Who you got? Yeah, the Motor City Kitties. But the most important thing, (laughs) sir, is who gets the number one pick this summer. (laughs) Coming up for next year, that's going to be a big draft I know know Rami's thing is put a roof on it, but I've got to say I think we should all be rooting for rain. 
<laughs> Rain at Comerica and at Camden Yards. Yeah, imagine that. Just Mother Nature. But what I, what I was saying about Gratterall is I think when, when a guy like that comes up to the major leagues, the, the edge, the advantage is somewhat in his corner because I think it always is when hitters haven't seen a pitcher sure. before. And, and a few weeks, well, probably about a week ago, I was, I was one of the ones lamenting, why don't they just bring up Gratterall now? What are, what are they waiting for? He can have an impact now. You can find out as early as possible if he's ready for this stage. And if not, you can send him back down, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it occurred to me in the last few days, maybe that's what they're waiting for. Maybe You they, want, you want may, teams to see as low yeah, of him as possible. Maybe they don't want teams catching up to and adjusting to what Gratterall is throwing before late September and October rolls around. I could see it. The later you bring him up, the less teams see him, the less tape they have on him at the big league level. So like a David Price situation, so yeah. I was at 2008. Um, I, I was just going to look up actually when Price made his big league debut with the Rays, but to Danny's point, I think Danny is smart here to caution us against. Don't tell him that. His well, head's already big enough. Well, my, turn your turn your microphones off. So no. You, <laughs> I think uh, he's wise to caution us against. It's not a situation where this kid comes up and because he's got a big fastball, like boom, it's it's him and it's Taylor Rogers, and then who cares about the rest of the bullpen? No, just let's see if he can prove it at that level, but. I do think there is something to be said about an infusion there of big league, big arm talent. And if he can strike some guys out along the way, help the Twins get to the playoffs, then we'll see what they've got with the kid. Just don't expect the world out of him right away. Speaking of that Twins bullpen, two members of it, Trevor May, Tyler Duffy, we think are making their way over to our broadcast booth out here at the Minnesota State Fair. So if you're at the fair, if you're listening to us on that handy-dandy, nifty, and totally free Score North mobile app, make your way over to our booth and uh, catch uh, two Minnesota Twins live and in living color. It is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota and the Bombasota State Fair. Magic number is 32. It's the land of 10,000 ranks. We're back right after this on 1500 scorenorth.com and the score north mobile my baseball friends mackie here for federated mutual insurance company business owners i'm talking to you and i've been one myself i know what goes into it you love it but you're grinding every day solving problems taking care of employees it helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business when you partner with federated you get more than just a policy you benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local rep Representative Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect your. How to become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works. And it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins. twins coverage on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. listening to us live. Danny will be back for that along with uh, Matthew Collar. I'm sure we'll get some football talk in. I'm Rami Makloff along with Derek Wetmore. If you're looking for us, uh, where to find us in the State Fair, we're off Chambers Street on the left edge of the grandstand. And uh, the Score North Twins show is uh, out here at noon every day. Purple Daily from 2 to 4. Mackie and Judd with Rami from 4 to 6. If you can't make it out to the fair, you can uh, listen to us live on 1500scorenorth.com. Wherever you download podcasts, and on that handy-dandy, nifty, totally free Score North mobile app, which is also your one-stop shop for all written content from scorenorth.com as well, Derek Wetmore. I'm keeping my head on a swivel here, Rami, because I'm expecting any moment to see Twins pitchers Trevor May and Tyler Duffy walk around the corner in a crowded state fair. Uh, <laughs> I still think that those guys would probably stand out if they go walking down the street, don't you? Probably. I think we'll see them. Aren't they both like six foot twenty? <laughs> Six foot twenty. <laughs> I think May's probably six five. If okay. I had to guess, Duffy's six one, something like that. They're big dudes. I think you'll see them stand out amongst the crowd. Yeah, probably. And they'll make us feel tiny and like lesser of men when they do indeed no. get here. No, not really. We all bring our own thing to the table. <laughs> We talk about the twins on the radio and podcasts and Twitch and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. That's and they true. just they throw Major League Baseballs to Major League hitters and, and try when, to strike them out. When those guys do get here, uh, we will be talking to them and we'll be streaming that conversation live on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. While we wait for them, 
Uh, it is players' weekend, and I know, Danny, if you want to grab the mic until those guys get here, uh, I know Danny is not a fan of the of the players' weekend. Not the weekend itself. Danny's all for fun in baseball. Oh, yeah, the weekend itself is great. He's not crotchety old baseball dinosaur who doesn't like anything different or fun. No, like the nicknames are cool. There's a lot of cool stuff about it. You just don't like the uniforms. Oh, they're terrible this year. <laughs> they are so bad this year. The last couple of years, they've been okay. Um, I, I could certainly get on board. And you know what? Honestly... The ones at the Little League Classic that the Cubs and Pittsburgh had last Sunday night, I believe it was, were awesome. Although I do take issue with one thing with those uniforms. What's that? It said Cubbies across the front. It's just Cubbies, as a Cubs fan, has always bothered me a little bit. I thought it was cool. Especially when they were bad and the lovable losers. Like, it's just cutesying up something. What do you think about the Twins being called the Twinkies, then? See, I was just going to bring that up. Like, if you're sensitive about Cubbies, like, Twinkies is worse. I love Twinkies. Oh, okay. Of course you do, Of course you do. Food connoisseur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm pretty sure there are probably fried Twinkies on a stick somewhere in this place. I bet you uh, could get that. I believe there are, If you can fry it, it's on a stick at the Minnesota State Fair. it's at the Minnesota State Fair. Absolutely. But I interrupted you. I'm sorry. But I, I thought that the uniforms for the Literally Classic were fantastic. I thought they were fun. They were, they were colorful. They were everything that baseball should want the uniforms for a weekend like this to be. But just to go plain black and plain white for Players Weekend because – and their reasoning was that, well, this is like showing off what players wear on and off the field. So Major League Baseball is essentially saying that players dress plain off the field, that players don't have any personality <laughs> off the field. When I think today, more than really any other era in baseball, the game is filled with personality. I am legitimately asking this question because I am the last person to know anything about or ask about fashion. I'm out here in cargo shorts, if that tells you anything. Came but, straight uh, from Milwaukee, didn't change your shorts. Is monochromatic a thing? Like all black, all white, all one color in an outfit or in a particular item of clothing? Like, is it in style? Yeah. Is that it's a, it's it, not it in would style. Stand out. It would stand out. It, I mean, how many people do you see here not wearing different color stuff? Look around and how many people do you see? Because like there if, are. If you wore khakis it, with a beige top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even, it, like, you don't see anyone wearing all black. You don't see anyone yeah. wearing all white. You don't see that it in stands everyday out. life. So, like, even Derek's wearing a white T-shirt and gray shorts. Because yesterday I was gray on gray. That, it, okay. But I see but what you're saying. That's I'm, like, I'm, we're, I'm wearing example. khaki shorts and a black shirt. Right. Rami, you're wearing the same color stuff. Right. That's, we planned that. That man over there wearing a blue <laughs> twins polo and white shorts. There that, you go. That's what you're supposed to wear. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. All the way it's, from called, Italy. it's called fashion. Look it up. Uh, fashionista Derek Wetmore would be a bad example, Danny, <laughs> but I get your point. Yeah. I get your I, point. I, I just think that the players' weekend uniforms could have been done so, how are they so saying much better. This shows the players style and pizzazz off the field when nobody, including the players, I think they're is talking walking around looking like this. The nickname, right? The, the nickname, the nickname okay. absolutely. Right. But you can do the nickname on fun uniforms. The only thing, the only possible saving grace I think that this could have is a lot of the accessories like the sleeves or the sweatbands or the shoes, stuff like that. That's where you could find more of the player personality. See, you could find more excitement there. But you could have done that with fun uniforms. I'm 50-50 on this. A, I don't like the all-whites. You know what? I'm just going to stop what I'm saying. We're going to hit a break because Trevor May and Tyler Duffy are here. Yep. And that's more important than any opinion I have. It's the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bone Basota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 32, and we got two twins here right after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, it is Score North download time here at the Minnesota State Fair. It's 1244, and uh, you know what? I'm not even going to waste any time because your Score North download right now is to let you know that we have two members of the Minnesota Twins, two uh, relievers of the Minnesota Twins on the stage right now with us at the State Fair. So that's your Score North download. On the Score North First Place Twins show live from Bone Basota, the land of 10,000 ranks, where the magic number is 32. Rami Makhlouf, Derek Wetmore, that was Manny Hill you just heard. And as he said, two members of the Minnesota Twins and two guys out of that bullpen joining us now on the show, Trevor May and Tyler Duffy. Guys, thanks a lot for doing this. Welcome welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thanks Our for pleasure. having us. Uh, what's, your, what's your experience level with the, the Minnesota 
Minnesota State Fair and coming out here and eating fried things on a stick. Cheese yeah. and cookies. <laughs> Cheese and cookies. Cheese and cookies. They sound like very pleasant memories. Oh yeah. Past. oh, yeah. Almost made a sandwich. Oh, with cheese and cookies? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, you're at the fair. The, yeah. If there's any place no where rules. you're going to try a cheese and sandwich, a cheese and cookie sandwich, <laughs> it's here at the fair, guys. So, Tyler, you're a Texas guy, Trevor, Seattle guy. State fair is a big thing where you're from when you're growing up? Yeah, in Houston, we have the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo every year. It's like yeah. one of the bigger ones in the country. And then, uh, you know, the Texas State Fair. But, you know, I don't know about Seattle. Is the Texas State Fair the only one that's bigger than this one? I, what, I think so. That's, that's what I've yeah. heard. Yeah. I believe so. Uh, Washington State's Fair isn't as big, but it's it's definitely. So I've been to it. I went to it three or four times in my in my life. It's it's about an hour and a half away. So. Is it fried things on a stick? Because what I picture in like the Seattle Washington area is like a lot of sushi and and things like that. It's in Puyallup, which okay, if you can pronounce that. Uh, I won't it, try. It must it's, be from Washington. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an hour from Seattle even, so it's not okay. even really like uh, uh, close to anything. So um, and and from what I remember. It, there's a lot. It's fairs generally have fried stuff. It's easy. Fryers are the easiest thing probably to get to a fair. Okay, <laughs> that's probably where sure. where it came from. But uh, no, it was it was always great. I, I remember it being like a huge, like the carnival rides were the are the big thing. It's got like a like a we have a big roller coaster that's always there and yeah. always open. So they, awesome. they build it around the big roller. coaster. Oh, okay. So, so it's, it's always on the fairground. Yeah, it's yeah. not one of these one of the rides yeah. that they like put up yeah. at the fair. Yeah, and then the, they like expand around that. So like that's the centerpiece. I'm whatever. scared <laughs> of everything. So this won't surprise Derek or any yeah, of our no. listeners. I can't ride like rides at the fair or at the. Car. I just don't trust them taking it, it down and putting risky. it back up over and over and over again. Yeah, I feel like you're gonna miss a screw smart. or a bolt somewhere. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's. Don't, don't take my word for it. Ride all the rides here. It's just not for me. <laughs> All right, let's get into some baseball, guys. We, we started off the show talking about last night, the Indians, they, they were swept at the hands of, of the Mets, and we were following that series closely. We weren't watching the game because there was 18 weather delays and didn't get over till the middle of the night. But do you guys scoreboard watch the same way that guys like Derek and I and, and the fans listening to us do? Yeah, we keep up with it. You know, during the games, it's always on for us, you know, on the field. So we see that. And, you know, we had an off day yesterday. So make a habit of checking in scores and things like that. But I think a lot of us, you know, we get to the field where we're about our game. And then, you know, we see that they lose after. That makes it that much better. Sure. Trevor, are you, are you paying attention to MLB.com, anything like that, or the out-of-town scoreboard? Uh, out-of-town scoreboard, yeah. But, it's again, That's it's it. right in front of our face um, all <laughs> the time. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like when we go out there to pitch, and, like, a lot of us don't want to see our own stats, but they're literally everywhere. Yeah. So sometimes <laughs> you catch down. a glimpse. You, you catch a glimpse of, of something, but like, oh, there's my ERA. Okay, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Great, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're, we're cognizant of it, and um, but as far as try, affecting our own play and, and and like putting too much pressure on it, it's it's just you know, we we want to win at the end of the day, and, and winning our game kind of guarantees we'll be in the best place we can be, and so it's it's all about just getting the job done one pitch at a time. Sure. So let me ask you guys, because you're two important members of this Twins Relief Corps. Obviously, Taylor Rogers. They brought in Sam Dyson and Sergio Romo. It's it's gelling into an interesting group. You, you'll be no strangers to this or to hear that the bullpens received some criticism this year. Fans, all of course, year. get angry, whatever. Yeah, since I think <laughs> spring training, I'm pretty sure. Uh, what is your level of confidence in that group of guys obviously you're a part of it so a little biased here but i'm just looking for the insight into the twins clubhouse how you feel your bullpen is on the inside uh we're extremely confident in our ability to get the job done um i think that especially in the last couple weeks um that's been pretty clear uh it's just about getting a little bit of uh, rhythm and momentum going. Um, you know, Sam and, and, and Sergio have, have gelled right into the group. Um, they've added, you know, their their own their own flair and their own personalities too. That that has kind of helped us all open up a little bit. Um, and they have a lot of experience in the playoffs. Um, you know, there isn't anyone I don't think in the game now that has more than Sergio. So um, that guy is a competitor. He is, it's funny because he's so happy go lucky and like bubbly and then the moment he knows he has to go in a game it literally just turns yeah, off flips, which is, it's game over which is weird but uh we're, we're having a lot of fun um out there as a group and uh you know we know we're in a good spot when when any of us have to pitch up 10 or 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 or, or whatever we know that if that's my job right now we're in a really good spot so yeah um, <laughs> um we're 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 happy with where we are and um and uh 
excited to keep going. Besides, yeah. besides just what they bring to the bullpen in terms of production and Sergio Romo especially, yeah, that's a shot of. I mean, that's a shot of espresso into yeah. that bullpen. He, like that dude never stops except when it's time to to run to that mound and then it's all business. Yeah, that's it. When they, we asked, you know, we were asked questions when they got here, and uh, you know, that's what I said. It, you know, see a guy who's been around like he has perform and and have the energy that he does. You know, it makes you want to be better. Um, you know, and that guy is a guy you want to have around. There's a reason he's got three rings. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's a part of those teams for a reason, and he's, he's here for a reason. That's Tyler Duffy and Trevor May. Guys, I know you, you're making the rounds awesome. here at State Fair, and, and you got to run. We do appreciate a few minutes of your time. No, Great job you. so far, and, and best of luck. Go get this division, guys. Thank Keep you. Appreciate it. Thank there you. They are. Tyler Duffy and Trevor May. I have to uh, we'll we have, have an on-air production meeting. Man, do we need another break? Or no, we, we, good? we can hang we, on we got some time here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming over, you guys. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it, guys. Thank you very much. Much. Thanks a lot, man. Enjoy the Appreciate rest of the it. Minnesota State Fair. Get something fried for us. Tyler, oh, it's a game night. Never I mind. Want, Tyler, I want you to do the cookie and cheese sandwich and report <laughs> back to me, please. Let Thank us know you, what sir. you find. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, that was cool of them to stop by. Generous cool. enough to share their time today on a game night. It's a big yeah. series, of course, coming up with the Detroit Tigers. And uh, those, those are two important members in the Twins' bullpen. And it's a bullpen, Rami, that we've talked about is going to be tested, not only down the stretch, but if they are capable of closing this thing off, winning the division and going to the postseason, all eyes are going to be on that bullpen to get the job done. And I, I, have, I have confidence in, in that bullpen, Derek. I, I know that we're, we're, we might be in the minority when we say that, but it goes back to what you were talking about earlier in the fact that on some level... Everybody hates their bullpen right now. That's just, that's just the state of Major League Baseball. And has really kind of always been the state of Major <laughs> not, League not Baseball like now, and though. its fans. But as you put more weight and more pressure and more workload on the bullpen, things are going to happen that don't look good for them. And the magnifying glass is going to be that much more. And the, the intensity, the pressure that they face, and the criticism that they face is going to be that much more. It's dialed up in August, in September, and then it's dialed up again in October. I think that your point is right, that every, every fan base hates their bullpen, for the most part. I mean, as a perfect example, even the Cleveland Indians, who have one of the best bullpens in baseball, are mad right now at Brad Hand. The fact that he is failed to close down a couple of games. A couple of those have gone the Twins' way and really helped Minnesota in the standings where they're at now. But we're talking about statistically the best bullpen, and Cleveland Indians fans are, are melting down on Twitter.com. Um, if you're looking for some schadenfreude entertainment as a Twins fan, go check out the Cleveland Indians Twitter page. And they put up a tweet yesterday saying, like, you know, we're playing some good baseball, and right now it's tough against a fringe playoff team. Hang with us. Support us. Just go read the mentions of that tweet on Twitter.com and then see the fact that Noah Syndergaard retweeted it after the Mets closed off the sweep yeah. and said, fringe playoff team, basically dunking on the Indians. I couldn't uh, believe account. you were telling Trevor and Tyler that during the break before we brought them on. Yeah. I, couldn't, I, I didn't see that tweet. I can't believe a Major League Baseball team would tweet that out. That's the best Twitter account in baseball for, for my money. I mean, I follow a lot of them, and the Indians are fantastic in terms of their engagement with fans and just being funny and clever and creative. But uh, I think Noah Syndergaard had the last laugh on that one. And their fans, eh, they weren't too happy about how that ended. Who does that? Schadenfreude or tweets that? Who tweets that? Oh, because everybody engages in Schadenfreude. Not me, if, no. if you're a Vikings fan, don't tell me that you don't get a little bit of pleasure watching the Packers lose on Monday Night Football. Mm -mm. No. I just, See, I uh, heard a couple of shouts in the crowd. That's Eyes on the prize, Derek. I'm focused on me. Stop it. Focused right on me. Oh, okay, so if the Cardinals go 162-0, and oh, that doesn't bother you? I hate the Cardinals so much. <laughs> oh, man, I want the Cardinals to lose everything See, all the okay, time. Okay, all right, hey, point made. Point and I take proof. great joy in it. Is that what Schadenfreude is? Yeah, oh, if okay. you take all pleasure right. in some other, like in this case, team's yeah. pain or misery yeah. or disappointment. No, I definitely kind of want to see the Packers go two and fourteen. I was kidding. I definitely do that. So, so Rami, if the <laughs> Cubs, hell with the Packers. So Rami, if the Cubs went nineteen and one forty three in a season, would you still be happy as a Cubs fan if all nineteen wins were against the Cardinals? No, hell no. That's too many <laughs> no. losses. I mean, I'll be happy nineteen times. That's too <laughs> many losses. I'll be happy nineteen times, but because I've ha I've heard that joke with. Vikings fans that if the Vikings went 2-14, and 14, they'd be okay with that if, if, as long as both wins were against the Packers. Ooh, not me. No. Yeah, I wouldn't not, be happy with that. Like I said, I'll be happy on two Sundays. 
<laughs> but at the end of the season, I'm not going to be happy with that season. I wouldn't with be that happy season. with that, no, but I've had people tell not. me that before, and it's Boys, like, oh, really? Because of the way this show broke out with, uh, with Trevor May and Tyler Duffy kind enough to join us in the middle. If you missed that, go find the podcast, Score North Twin Show, anywhere you are. You will uh, you'll like that. Just quick glimpse into the mindset of the Twins bullpen, because here's the secret. They think they're pretty good. And I think that's fair. Uh, we didn't get a much of a chance, boys, to talk about the Tigers and the series coming up at Target Field this weekend. Am I in the minority by thinking a sweep is not only possible but the likely outcome for the Twins this weekend? Or am I overconfident from the Twins' perspective? Well, it should be. You think they're going to sweep this weekend, Manny? Yeah. I never, a- I never expect a sweep. I never even will go so far as to predict a sweep. If there's a team that... You have a really good chance of sweeping. They're, they're, they're coming to Target Field this weekend. I don't think they're, I mean, you, there's no denying they're a bad baseball team. The Twins are a much better baseball team, and they, they should be heavy favorites in all three games. Tigers were just the heaviest dog in baseball in 15 years against Justin Verlander and the Astros, and guess what happened? I was going to ask you what happened in that The Tigers game. won. <laughs> the Tigers beat Justin Verlander, who threw a complete game and only gave up two hits. They happened to be two home runs. Somebody told me, who, who knows a thing or two about gambling, that that was the biggest upset, and I don't have this on good authority, so I'm just passing off secondhand information as if it's fact, the biggest upset in baseball, like sports betting, the biggest uh, underdog to come and win a game was Tigers against JV and the Astros, who ended up winning 2-1. to one. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a fun fact. That kind of stuff happens, like, yeah. all the time in baseball. Now, the Twins were supposed to take care of business against the White Sox, too, and look what happened. If they lose two of three after losing two of three to the White Sox, which we, they should not have done, right, right. That's, 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 not, that's, not a, that's not a good start then to this we, home stretch where you have a cupcake schedule that, that favors you. On guys, Monday, we'll be back at the fair. We start that show with, with the panic, panic alarm. alarm. For sure. Guys, let's not, let's not beat around the bush here. Sweep the damn Detroit. Okay? <laughs> They're the worst team in baseball. Sweep them. Get it done. At, you have them at home. Sweep them. And you were telling me Barrios on the mound tonight. We yes. had a couple people out here at the fair said they were headed over to Target Field for the game tonight, and that should be a good one. I would think that uh, Jose Barrios against the Tigers is not the same kind of lopsided mismatch as Justin Verlander versus the Tigers, but it is, in my opinion, a good opportunity for Jose guys to get back on track and get back to being the Jose Barrios that was carrying this rotation for two months before a little bit of a rough stretch here. We shall see. Yeah. Our thanks again to Trevor May and Tyler Duffy for joining us. Score North is out here at the State Fair all afternoon long, including Mackie and Judd with Rami at 4 o'clock. Purple Daily coming up at 2 o'clock and Score North Live. Myself, Danny Cunningham, Matthew Collar with you for the next hour right after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. This has been the Score North first place twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Match numbers 32, people. Can you feel it? <laughs>